whatever it is you're doing right now, it's important to somebody and you should continue on and know that. But also it's totally okay to want to eat half a bag of potato chips at one sitting, which I may or may not have done 20 minutes ago. I would start to see people on social media say things and do things that I felt like I needed to see. And so then it occurred to me that, well, maybe there's things that I could say or that I could do that other people need to hear. So when I think about the struggles that I'm kind of hitting right now, as far as the pandemic goes, it is kind of helpful for me to remember like, eh, I've started from from the dirt and gone up from there before. Um, so I think I got this. I think we got this. Hi, this is you and me and everyone we know, an audio diary made by everyday people living through the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Brent Love, and whether you're listening to this right now or you're a guest on this podcast, you are part of a community. You are not alone. Thank you for taking time to listen, time to connect, and time to remember that we're all in this together. In this episode, we're talking to Lisa, Yishan, and Beckett. Lisa is a body-positive hippie queen in Austin. Yishan is a writer and professor in Southern California, and Beckett is a childcare entrepreneur in Minneapolis. A little programming note, as you know, this podcast was started during a pandemic, and things are changing every day, so the schedule for this podcast is changing too. It will now be once a week on Tuesdays, like today, And then, because there are so many awesome people to talk to, there will be bonus episodes along the way. So every Tuesday, you can get the regular episode, and you can stay tuned for the extra episodes that come out. In the first part of this episode, we're talking to Lisa. Lisa is many things. Among them, she is my sister. She is also the birthday girl. Happy birthday, Sister Queen. I love you more than donuts. If you're listening and you feel like this is deja vu, it kind of is. Last Tuesday was my sister Macy's birthday, and she was on the podcast. Today is Lisa's birthday. And to put another glitter sparkle in this week, uh, Sunday was my birthday. So thanks for joining in this week of birthdays with my family. And uh, thanks for helping me wish my sister a happy birthday today. Lisa is the amazing inspirational woman behind the Instagram account, Your Hippie Sister, where she is all about self-care and body positivity and a very sweet little chihuahua named Minibar. We talked on April 1st, and Lisa and her husband Brian had left the city of Austin for the day to visit Brian's uncle's lake house. You can actually hear the birds singing in the background, a sign of spring that immediately lifted my spirits. But not as much, of course, as talking to my sister. Hello. Hello, brother darling. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite greetings in the whole world. It's my favorite way to greet you, actually, I think. Oh, I love it so much. Um, Okay, so uh, here we are in COVID land. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, actually. I um, am getting a little reboost to my emotional bank today. So I'm in a really good good mood. Yeah. The bank account is is upping. Yeah. Uh, for the emotional fortitude. Not feeling quite uh, so emotionally drained. How long have you um, and Brian been quarantining? Well, we were talking about that today. Um, and he actually started working from home. He works for Indeed. Um, and they have several offices all over the place. And I think internationally, too. And so um, they actually closed down their offices in mid-February. 
um, and I am not currently working. So we have been at home together for about a month and a half. What? Yeah. And actually sort of already started our social isolation around that time because we knew at that point, I think it had reached New York, um, which is what ultimately when in New York and California. And so indeed was like, okay, we're closing down our offices. Um, come get what you need because Monday you're not going to be able to get anything from the office until further notice. And so, yeah, we've been pretty, and we were still going like grocery shopping and, but we weren't like going to the movies or doing any of our normal um, public activities. So it's been a while. Wow. And then we've been totally um, isolated. Like I went back and looked at the calendar for almost three weeks straight where we haven't gone to the grocery store. We went the first time yesterday. So um, it's, wow. yeah. We were, and I was so what are you doing? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, like, I, I've been, I had like hit my emotional wall of solitude, which I'm a self-professed introvert. And so I'm even at the point where I'm like, I just want to hug somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what are you, you, like, you're, you're in an apartment and is it North Austin? Are we considering it North uh-huh. Austin? Yes. Yeah. It okay. Is. Is that the right. So you're in an apartment in North Austin. You, um, don't I mean you have enough space like to be in your apartment and you have you have plenty sure. of space to be separated which is nice but are you going outside at all like how are you how are you getting outside well we go on we call them little walkabouts probably at least twice a day maybe three or four times a day depending on how sick we are being inside and how nice the weather is and stuff and um it's been kind of interesting, even towards the very beginning, we would go outside to walk the dog and um, the way our apartment complex is set up, we don't have as much like sidewalk parking lot um, situation because most of the apartments have attached garages. So um, they almost feel like little streets and they're about as wide as a neighborhood street. Um, and so really since like late February, we would go and walk and people would either we would cross over or other people would cross over to the other side um, mm-hmm. so that we were a good like 10, 20 feet apart from each other as we're walking. Um, but I mean, you know, it's not quite a neighborhood. So uh, we actually have been contemplating ordering Brian a bike so that we can go on bike rides together to try to oh, change yeah. it up a little bit. But. Yeah. Um, and you've got the dog. So the dog's mm-hmm. going on the walkabout as well. Oh, yes. And we've actually had to increase a little bit on her kibble intake because she was getting kind of skinny. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because she's going on so many more walks now than she was pre uh, pandemic. Has her mood changed at all now that you're like spending so much time like the all, all of you together? She's so happy. I think she's Aww. living her dream life right now. <laughs> How can you tell? Um, she just like, she never has to be crated, which sees it. She's a chihuahua. She has a small bladder and she has just never, we've never really been able to trust her to leave her out in the apartment. We would come mm-hmm. home to little accidents. And so anytime we leave, we'd have to crate her. Um, and her routine changed, um, back in December when I quit my job and was staying home, um, with her, which she really kind of loved. Like she spent the day with me and everything, but now that we're both home, she goes back and forth between us and she has like different times of day and she just trots around the apartment. Like, this is what we're doing. 
Oh, um, how sweet. And she really loves it. In fact, yesterday when we went to the grocery store and we left, we had to put her in the crate and she screamed. I bet <laughs> she did. Scream. She's like, I bet she did. I thought we weren't doing this anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're yeah. like, it's for your own good. Yeah. We're like, no, really. We mom, mom and dad have to eat. <laughs> I have uh, been like, I have actually entertained the thought of getting a dog and you know, I'm not like a person who wants oh, to get wow. a dog and, yeah. and I actually, I mean, you know, it's like, if you're we're going to be here all day, um, I just, the idea of like a sweet little dog kind of bounding around wherever you go. Um, and a little soul in the house who really doesn't care about coronavirus at all. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I nice. mean, she couldn't be happier that we're both home all day, every day. Um, so that, does, that, that feels like it would be nice it to is. Have, have a dog It is during this time. Um, we love having her little happy soul. She, all she cares about is getting to eat when it's time to eat and going on walks and just being wherever we are. Am I hearing a bird in the background? Yeah. So, cause we're out at Brian's uncle's lake house, um, which disclaimer, they are not here. We are still being appropriately. <gasps> Wait, you're at a lake distant. house right now. Yeah. We're at, um, uncle Jim's lake house. So <sighs> the doors open. So you're hearing <sighs> like the outside birds. How nice. This could not have come at a better time. We really needed to get out of the concrete jungle. It's been wow. so lovely. I had no idea you were going out to uh, to the lake house. Well, we just decided to do it um, like a couple of days ago because we were actually supposed to be camping right now in South Texas. Yeah. We had a trip planned. And then we just decided that even though we would still be like away from civilization, we'd, we'd be around other people. And really kind of what decided it for me was that there are people in the older community who are snowbirds that live this time of year um, in parks and campgrounds and things like that. And so yeah. we just didn't want to risk bringing anything to anybody who's away from civilization and maybe of the um, group of people who's more susceptible for COVID yeah. being really serious. So we decided not yeah. to. So then it occurred to us that um, Brian's uncle had gone up to, and his wife had gone up to Denver to help um, Brian's cousin because she is an ER um, nurse practitioner and has a young son who's three um, and her daycare oh. closed. And so they went up, um, they're retired. They went up to go help with him um, yeah. so that mom can still keep going to work. Um, so then we were like, Oh, they're not at their house. Perfect retreat. So how nice, yeah. how nice little change of pace. Oh um, my gosh. It, and, and mini bar, your little pupper is with you. Oh yes. And we joke yeah. that this is really where she lives her best life. She dogs is so hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she loves, and that's, I kind of always joke that I like, I dare people to try to tell me that chihuahuas aren't real dogs because anytime we go camping or hiking or to the lake, she just loves to run around and explore. And she tries to find lizards and chase squirrels and she is running all around um wearing herself out won't even stop to drink water she like goes crazy um <laughs> full cute. speed ahead so are you getting out are you getting out to like uh, walk around and explore i don't know how hot it is right now oh yeah actually it's perfect it's like 75 degrees um so it's literally the perfect weather to be out here and walk around we've been here since about 11 o'clock this morning so we've been walking around and laying in the hammock and reading books and 
um, breathing in the nature and the birds and the blue bonnets and all oh, the luxury of space. Yes. Yes. How lovely. How, I, do you, how long are you going to stay? Do you know? Probably until the sun goes down. <laughs> oh, and then you're going to go back home. Yeah. Cause we live, um, this is their house is out, um, by Lake Travis, but it's still about an hour drive, but it's close enough that we can, yeah. um, come and go. Um, I thought yeah. you might have just like gone out and just been like, I'm out. We're out. We're checking out of the city. We thought about it. We thought about even bringing the tent and like pitching the tent up out here. And, yeah. uh, but we have a cat and she um, is a little special need. She's older and has to take medication. We didn't have it set up for the pet sitter to come take care of her. And um, and the pet sitter that we normally use are friends of ours and they just had a baby. And so we're like, uh, they probably don't need to come over to our apartment anyway because we went grocery shopping yesterday. It was a whole even the little things like that, COVID-19 is still rearing its ugly head. It's so. so weird. I mean, but it's true. It's like, uh, you know, I touched, I touched this and this came from there. And, and I don't know who, you know, I don't know who touched the grocery bat. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah. And, and we so did everything you're like, we Maybe could someone should come over. Yeah. Do what? Oh, and, then, and then you're all of a sudden you're like, maybe they, I shouldn't ask someone to come over to watch the right. cat or something. Yeah. Exactly. Just the right decision. It's the right, it's the right thing to do. Um, so, um, how, how are you doing with staying home and like getting through the day in the apartment? Like it's been, um, it's, I mean, at the beginning it wasn't really so bad because like I said, I am an introvert. And so, Um, For me, being socially distant from people is not necessarily a big deal all the time. Um, I actually, that's how my battery gets recharged is from being away from people. But um, I'm starting to really miss my friends. And um, like even coming out here, I have a friend that lives out here. Um, And she normally, if in this situation, I would have invited her to come over um, and hang out with us and walk up and down the lake. And I wasn't able to do that. And then um, really being home with your significant other all day, every day when that's not what you're used to can start to become a little bit of a trial. Um, me and my husband, Brian, of course, as you know, are still adequately Twitter pated with each other. But, um, when that's the only person that you see for three weeks straight, you get a little like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I'm sure a lot of people. I consider you both, uh, I consider you both alphas. Um, you both are very strong. It's true. Uh, both leaders, I would say. Yep. Um, and, uh, I, I can also imagine <laughs> since you haven't been working since, you know, it was before the, the, the crisis, you know, you're at home in the apartment during the day by yourself and you're like, this is my place. Yeah. And I got my spot. And then and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, my yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, it was really the perfect scenario for me personally, because I had eight to 10 hours a day to do anything and everything I wanted that I always do. And I, I also um, struggle with anxiety. And so for me, I think that's part of why my um, battery only gets recharged in like total solitude, because that's the only um, time that I'm not being like critical of myself or being worried that other people are being critical of me. Aww. And so, yeah. And so I haven't had, um, those like few hours to just completely be alone and have no worry about what other people are thinking. 
Um, and even that doesn't necessarily even mean just staying in the apartment, like going to the park or the library or even just going shopping. I've never, um, before taken shopping. So for granted, but I miss it so much right now. Um, I know. Aren't we all just like, I want to just go to the grocery store and just go around and not think, I mean, Josh, the, like the things that we were taking for granted, yeah, absolutely. Um, and really, if you like think farther about it, it's like, yes, we were taking the grocery store for granted, but certainly we were taking all of these services, these, you know, municipal services or government services yeah, that are or, or hospitals, you know, like all these things that are meant to keep us safe so that we can just like go to the grocery store and not yeah. worry about anything. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And now... There's not, it's like we take so much for granted. Yeah. And another way that this has sort of impacted me is that I um, have a herniated disc in my back, which I know you know mm. about, but people yeah. listening don't. And so I do, I've been dealing with that and I've been getting um, epidural steroid injections, which is where they inject steroid um, directly into the area where the compressed disc is to try to alleviate the swelling. Um, and I got one of those done pre, uh, pandemic and it really helped. I was dealing with pain and numbness in my leg. Um, and it probably decreased about 60% of the numbness, which is great. That's what we wanted it to do, but I really needed, um, an, at least one more injection, if not two, um, to get more relief. And they, those are all postponed right now because they're considered, oh, um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it just, it's a little bit disheartening in that I really was hoping to just sort of get this done and heal. And, you know, I like to be active and go and do, and, um, it's been a little bit more difficult. Um, but I have been going to physical therapy and that was one of the things that I, wasn't sure if continuing to go was the right thing to do, but they're still offering the service. They're being very diligent about um, keeping everything clean and wiping down every inch of equipment. They're really only letting us use equipment that can be sterilized um, between patients. And then also ultimately my appointments are always the first appointment of the day. And so I thought, well, at least for me personally, <laughs> everything is very sterile because it sat overnight, <sighs> um, after <sighs> it got wiped down. So, but they really, they said that their patient numbers are, um, significantly decreased because people just don't want to risk it. So they don't get out. Yeah. So, um, you could almost tell that my physical therapist was like grateful to have me there. <laughs> And I was oh, grateful wow. to get to see her. She's the only person um, that I interact with right now besides Brian in a like physical presence. Um, and we still like she doesn't. One of the things that's a little bit different is she doesn't touch me. So any of the um, things that we would previously do, like she would um, massage my calf where I was having nerve pain mm. um, and it was causing muscle tightness. She's like, I can do that, but maybe we shouldn't kind of thing. And so. Um, she's very safe, very, you know, like gives me instructions on things to do from five feet away, kind of. Um, yeah, there's, there's, um, a, a really hard thing about people who have like chronic pain or, or, or chronic things that they have to deal with. Um, mm -hmm. that's pretty scary, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, that I've thrown my back out a few times, uh, in the last couple of years. And I mean, I say, I don't exactly know how many, but definitely like more than once. And 
I, you know, it's because of the kids and how active I am with the kids in a different way than I had been before. And I'm worried. I'm worried that I like, I'll throw my back out. What am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. Usually I go to the chiropractor. It's definitely nerve wracking. And, and ultimately I think that was part of my decision to keep going to is because they can't do my injections. I was like, okay, well, if they can't do my injections, then I need to at least go to physical therapy so that I don't lose ground on, um, what I've managed to do and how much pain I've been able to alleviate that way. Oof. Yeah. Well, um, what's bringing you joy in the time of COVID-19? Oh my gosh. Um, well, mini bar number one. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course my husband got the puppers. Yes. The sweetest and is very, he really is very sweet. He's so understanding about my need for space and lets me, um, you know, kind of self, uh, isolate even to where I can like go into maybe like the bedroom and kind of shut myself off from the house so I can have a little recharge time. And, um, but also just the, um, well, one of my favorite things, as you know, is subversive cross stitch. And one of my favorite, Mm -hmm. um, pattern makers came out with a pattern, um, that does have a curse word in it. I don't know if I'm allowed to use it or not, but Ah, go for it. Okay. Um, she put out a free pattern, um, to anybody who wants it that says, stay the fuck home. And mm-hmm. it's really cute and has a little house <laughs> at the bottom and cute little border of flowers and um, cute little designs and stuff. And um, <laughs> and her handle, in case anybody listening is interested, is literally at Subversive Cross Stitch on Instagram. Um, and she has links and stuff to her website. She even has a kit that's discounted um, the price of the pattern. So what you're essentially paying for really is just the material. And she'll ship it to you so you can... And it comes with instructions awesome. and everything. So that and there's a lot of people posting um, with the hashtag that uh, you know that they're trying their first cross stitch because they need something to do. Mm-hmm. So it's been very cute and fun to see on Love the that. gram. Love that. Yeah. Uh, you're also. Uh, I know you're taking to the gram quite a lot uh, to to reach out and connect and. And uh, tell, you know, share your experiences that you're having during. I, I have been. Yeah, COVID. I've been trying to just kind of, I've always kind of viewed social media that way and that um, I would start to see people on social media say things and do things that I felt like I needed to see. And so then it occurred to me that, well, maybe there's things that I could say or that I could do that other people need to hear. And so I've just kind of been sharing anything and everything that either brings me joy or when I'm frustrated, I, you know, talk about being frustrated and, um, and then try to follow it up with something happy afterward. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You recently posted about how, uh, how you were kind of over it over the, over the, over the whole, uh, uh, quarantine thing, but you did it in a funny voice. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) that we couldn't take ourselves too seriously. Even though we're really tired of being at home now. We are. We're reaching that hump where like everybody's like, okay, this was a nice little retreat. Now I'm done. I'm so tired of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, well, this is uh, usually the part of the interview um, before we uh, hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, when I ask people if they have any words of encouragement uh, for anyone out there listening who might need a little lift, a little boost. From a kind stranger out there. Do you have any words of encouragement for people? Well, I would say um, probably first and foremost, just be kind to yourself. I think it's really easy to get wrapped up in 
what we should do or what we shouldn't do. I know like pre-pandemic for me, it was more about like making environmentally conscious choices. And I would get all in my head about that and always wondering if like every single piece of plastic that I use is like killing the world and um, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, I would kind of freak out about it. And so I think in the same state, people are really um, getting in their heads about like, do I go to the grocery store? Do I not go to the grocery store? Do I um, even order, you know, groceries to be delivered? Am I putting the person who's delivering them at risk? And, um, and there's a lot that we don't know, mm-hmm. and that we're not sure of. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, like you just need to make the best choices that you can and give yourself a little kindness um, yeah. and give yourself a little break if, you know, if you're kind of getting in your head too much about it. Yeah. Um, I love that. And I think I always get that from you. Um, you should follow my sister at your hippie sister uh, on Instagram. She's always you. giving, you're, you're always giving the, um, the encouragement there, so much encouragement, so much feel good stuff. And that is totally needed during this time. And it is definitely brightening my life to follow Aww. you on Instagram. And, and I know that, um, other people out there need to see, uh, all this happiness that you do share and every once Thanks. in a while commiserate with you when things are just <laughs> pretty hard. Commiserate with me in my Snapchat filter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. Um, and I, I you know, you. I know I, I miss you and <laughs> ugh, I'm I supposed know. to be in Texas soon and it's not, and our birthdays are coming up. Oh my God. I know. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, digital happenings to happen. Yeah. I think we should, all three of us who were born in the month of April in our family, um, bake, eat, bake a cake and then like have some kind of, um, FaceTime zoom meeting party where we yeah. try to celebrate our birthdays together from far apart. I think that would be yeah. We have to get really creative about gifts mm-hmm. we yep. have to make ourselves. We're all, we're all a little crafty. We can make ourselves some gifts. That'd be fun. I like that. All right. I love you, girl. I love you, too. I'll I'll probably text you in an hour. I'm sure. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) In the second part of this episode, we're talking to Yishun. Yishun and I met at a writing conference in 2013 or 14. I can't actually remember the year. Um, But it has been a long time, and we've stayed friends ever since. Yishun is a writer, a professor of creative writing, an artist, and a volunteer with Shelterbox, which provides emergency shelter to people living through disaster. When we talked on March 30th, we were still getting used to the idea of shelter-in-place orders, and we were both really worried about our sanity, our cities, and the people and institutions we love. I actually had a bunch of technical difficulties when we sat down to record the episode, but Yishun was so patient... And when we finally got the ball rolling, I was so grateful to talk to a friend, especially one who could make me laugh. Look, I see it recording. Okay, we are recording. Oh my God. Well, that took uh, so much effort, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, Hello, how are you doing? I am well, Uh, Brad. How is life? (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Life is okay. It's pretty good, actually. Okay, good, good. Good. That's nice to hear. Well, I ordered a 48 pack of Stroop waffles and they should come this week. (laughs) So 
<laughs> you have all your emergency supplies intact yeah. now. Yeah. It also, it just somehow slipped into an order of eight reams of paper. I don't know why I'm getting eight reams of paper, but why not? Well, um, if, if, uh, if ever there were a time where too much uh, coming to your house seems to be the norm, I'm not going to ask questions about toilet paper and if that has anything to do with <laughs> We are not so short on toilet paper that I need to use copier paper, okay? That's yeah, not that's yeah. not a thing. I have foliage around my house at least, so that's really Excellent, cool. excellent. <laughs> You'll be just fine. How are you, Brent? Oh, I'm good. I mean, I, I have, um, you know, like I said before, we kind of started recording. I have been better. Yeah. Um, things are, uh, you know, they're tough around here. I went to um, the park with the kids today. So we're under our like shelter in place order. You're in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're doing the shelter in place. So ours, you know, includes the provision to go out and hike. And right. my, my daughter, who's two, loves hiking. She's she loves two? to traipse. Already? Yeah, she's two. Oh, my God. I know. And she loves to traipse about the woods. Who doesn't love the traips? Why don't we? Do, mean, we should do more traipsing, honestly. Yeah, that she's doing it all, all for all of us. That's amazing. She, she like she heads out 20, 20 paces ahead of me, <laughs> and and she she's calling the shots, and I'm I'm in, with a stroller and our son in the back, and we're uh, and I'm following her. But uh, yeah, I went to I went to the park today, and it was so creepy. It was just dead quiet kind of thing. It was like, so quiet. Oh. And, and like the far off sounds of things, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. But is it, is it better to be like dead quiet, which is admittedly, you know, creepy, but then there's the whole, like we're under a shelter in place order and everybody is out kind of doing the thing that they're not supposed to do. That almost strikes me as being creepier. Right. Well, I think that you have to like. It's hard to, I think it's hard for the imagination to go past the, your immediate surroundings. Okay. And yeah. so the creepy you're experiencing is the creepiest. Yeah. You know, and unless you actually allow yourself to like use your imagination and go further, <laughs> you know, I think, um, yeah, a crowd of people isn't creepy because no one at the crowd of people is visibly ill, you okay. know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's hard for your brain to go there unless you've watched Contagion recently. And then you're like, <laughs> Which, okay, 85% of the country has totally streamed it this weekend. No question yeah. about it. I mean, that's, that, that's right. Me, I've, uh, we've, we've stumbled on a show called Kingdom, which is this like South Korean zombie drama. Have you seen uh-huh. it? No. It's terrifying. It is so gory. And I don't even know why we're watching it now. But for some reason, it like, soothes my adult soul like it's as if like i don't feel anything so i need to to watch like terrifying things and eat terrible sugary treats in order to be able to feel anything it's just, <laughs> yeah that's right it's awful but i was thinking like the thing you're describing about it being about it being like quiet and creepy feels a little bit like the uncanny the uncanny valley of your of your capability like it's like how, how far can you go before you become incapable of imagining you know yeah. anything that's even creepier right yeah I yeah i, I I'll I go. have to confess, I've been I've been kind of enjoying it because we we have a smog problem here in Southern California, right? And now that nobody's driving, it's yeah. like the mountain ranges are crystal clear. You can see them all the time. The birds are out. I'm I'm on a little bit of a strange kind of lay ornithology kick, you know, where I'm I'm really curious about the birds that are out there, and I, I yeah. need to know what they all are and all their different voices and calls. And I'll tell you what, the the world of ornithology is like there are so many birds out there making a wide range of individual noises. And I just cannot parse. We're all going to be naturalists (laughs) after this. Partly because we go, we walk outside and we're like, 
The only people not afraid are not people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that is such a beautiful way of looking at it. <laughs> and so it's comforting to hear the birds because you're like, they're cool. No, you're right. You're right. And actually there's a, uh, the, on the column outside of my office window, uh, there's some prime real estate space out there. So there's a pair of rock doves and a pair of oh. house finches and they're kind of vying for the, for the space. <laughs> and it's, I've just I've like invented this dialogue for myself where like if the two of them are visiting together, I imagine an open house, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. So <laughs> which one is presenting better? Who's wearing the better heels? And you know, uh-huh. looks like, looks like the better couple to buy the place, but who's going to get the offer in first. I know who's going to get the <laughs> offer in first. Exactly. But you know, it's, I don't know. I mean, not much going on there right now. I think the house finches have to camp for one of my empty planters out front. So I'll go visit them later and see how that's going. They don't like competition. <laughs> that's my life so far. <laughs> I, I do think that like people are paying attention. Uh, like I'm calling, I, I found, I was at the park and the one thing I called out to my daughter was like, listen to the birds, listen to the, she, until, oh. to the point where she's finally recognizing woodpecker sounds. <laughs> she's like, hear them. Oh, a woodpecker. And I'm like, oh, oh you're two. But yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the thing, you know? That's fantastic. Um, I mean, the birds are the only game in town right now for like anything interesting to see outside. That's oh, like, yeah. I mean, do you, you have, do you have coyotes there? Do you have a problem? No, no. Okay. We've got a coyote problem here. No. Uh, we have a rabbit problem. That's like oh, the worst, you know, terrible yeah, thing. The rabbits that eat everything. And Have you ever noticed that like rabbits, when I only just noticed this like, I don't know, a couple of months ago, but I also learned to skip only when I was 37. So maybe this is not a good benchmark. But anyways, um, the rabbits, when they sit down, I always thought that their cottontails were like right below, like dead center of their rear ends. Uh-huh. But they're not. When they no. sit, when they sit, they kind of like, it like squashes over to the side. So everything is off center. <laughs> no, I have not noticed. I will, I will look at the position. We have many rabbits outside my house. We um, have this hill down to the street and it's uh-huh. just a rabbit warren. I am fairly certain it is oh, like no. the, ra- the, it is, you know, uh, fire island for rabbits. And, <laughs> and <laughs> they're all coming there. I swear from everyone, from everywhere else in the country. <laughs> And uh, I will look because there are just multiple rabbits to see every day. I'm telling you, um, they're, they really like it, it rocked my world. I was like, why is that rabbit's butt like lopsided? It's not, it's not lopsided at all. It's just the way, it's just the way that their cottontails sit. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. That, that is amazing. <laughs> um, wow. I didn't uh, think we were going to talk about rabbit butts, but here we are. This is the new world. <laughs> um uh, but I think I, I do think uh, uh, you know the armchair naturalist is gonna. There's gonna be a rise. And I agree. That. I agree. Uh, you know, we just we just bought a book. We were at actually we were visiting an animal sanctuary that involved like an hour's playtime with some capuchin monkeys that have been rescued from someplace. Um, okay. Yeah. And on the it, they're they're really funny. They're fascinated by you know buttons and uh, you know anything they can like they can like push or, or undo. They're happy mm-hmm. with you know so it's fascinating to be able to see that kind of joy in such simplistic operations. It's really cool. Um, but, uh, on the way there, we stopped by a state park and picked up a book that's called like wild Los Angeles or something. And it's written by some staff from the natural history museum out here. Um, Mm. but there's a whole world out there of animals that we didn't even realize just kind of hunker down in our, you know, underneath our house walls or in like the most mundane bushes that we have, you know, we're big fans of succulent plants here. So, there's things living in our aloe and just all kinds of beetles and stuff. And it's just nice to be able to know that that world is out there, even if, if everything else feels like it's coming to a grinding halt, right? Yeah. It's nice that something else is going on. Like you said earlier, the only people who are doing okay are, are not people, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
That's right. But it's cool. I mean, I, you know, I was just thinking about who, this the other day. I just go ahead. I was going to say, who's that poet who um, is famous for writing poetry about his front yard? It's like a whole oh, book. I don't he, know. Like now I need to I, look I, it up. Okay, I'm going to look this up, and maybe I'll remember to put it in the show notes. Uh, uh, but you know, I, I think he became like poet laureate, or, or really, or, he, he like yeah, in his his famous work is is poetry about his like walking out to his front yard. Oh. Gosh, I um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna look that up because we're all. If you have a yard, if you're lucky and yeah. you have a yard, yeah, then uh, this is your time. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Well, and I think that's true. Even so, we're we're now doing this Zara escaping thing, which uh, last year I think probably six months out of my year last year was involved in like moving rocks around. I don't know if you saw this <laughs> on my social media feed, but my husband got it into his head that he thought he was gonna relandscape our yard entirely in rocks. And he ordered them from this like rock place in Arizona and they arrived as like a loose truckload. So basically like the thing just uh, dumped 17 tons of rocks into uh-uh. our street, which oh we God. then shoveled. Like, I'll tell you what, my quads were uh, huge by oh the end of that weekend. My God. <laughs> they were huge. So 17 tons of rocks out front, another 10 tons out back, which we also shoveled by hand. It was, I don't know what I was thinking. But even in those, even in those rocks, even in my medieval, medieval moat of a backyard, there's like creatures living there and like you know being it's happy so cool. and in general like you know yeah. doing good things and carrying on with their lives so it's, yeah, yeah it's it's good it's good i love this armchair nationals idea i think this is a movement we should we should uh push forward yeah i think it's bringing out a lot of comfort and it's starting with the idea of fresh air but then i think we're just noticing it really does help you feel like okay things are growing especially in the northern hemisphere we're going through like spring yeah. now yeah, especially yeah. where i live right <laughs> very comforting to go outside and see leaf buds and think you know the world, the dirt ball is spinning around the fireball still, you know, <laughs> still happening for us here. <laughs> it does. You know, there is something comforting about that when you think that your world around you is basically a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's just a dirt ball with some things yeah. living in it, you know? Yeah. yeah we're okay. just, we're just spinning. Right. We're just okay. uh, still going. I like that. I like that, that yeah. deconstruction is reductive thinking. That's good. Very as reductive as possible. <laughs> It is the only thing keeping us sane right now, right? We can only look for basic, basic comforts, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So, uh, I mean, so we've, we've really talked about a lot of things that aren't you. What is like, what is your life like right now? What is, uh, what is happening in your world now that this, we're in this kind of new way of being at least for a while. So husband is working from home, um, which is unusual but he's very good about kind of letting me maintain my space, right? Because the thing I've been, I've been really struggling with is that for some reason, everybody around me who is now working from home and they used to have to commute places, they're now talking about like, oh my gosh, I have all this extra time. What do I do with it? What do I do with it? Well, I've always worked from home, so mm-hmm. I don't have any extra time. I have the same workload and the yeah. same amount of time. And yet part of me is like, oh, me too, me too, me too, me too. I have extra time too. I don't have an extra time. Like <laughs> we don't have any extra time. <laughs> Those of us who have always taught online, right? Or who have, who always have, have worked from home. We don't, we don't have that kind of sentimentality, but it is kind of hard to not, to not get caught up in that. The only thing that, that I've been really struggling with is that I've, I've realized I hate my husband's work laugh. I hate his work <gasps> laugh. Oh no. I hate it so much. <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's making me crazy. And you know, California houses have no insulation, right? And his office is like, is like you know, upstairs uh-huh. like, through a wall, right? So I can hear it. It's like, ah, 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 ah. And you're like, no. <laughs> Just, 
no. <laughs> okay, wait. So what is, I mean, how is this different than his like laugh that you normally hear? I mean, the laugh that I ordinarily hear is like either really snarky or really joyful, you know? And uh-huh. this just sounds kind of obligatory and a little bit like he's in a vaudeville show. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. Well, and this is the thing, like writers are, you know, we talk about like putting our authentic selves forward and all that stuff, you know? So there really is no like work, laugh, work personality for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at my Twitter feed, it pretty much is my life, you know? Um, so, so yeah, this is a, it's, it's something that I, I have to come to grips with because it's not going to change. <laughs> so. No, you, you, I, I, is it a thing that like people are, are starting to learn things about their partners, their family members that they're like, Oh no. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I will, I, you know, I'm trying to think of if I have something for my husband that's like that. And I don't think I do, which is that's strange. Lovely. No, it I is think it's lovely. Really nice. It's really nice. Uh, does he ordinarily work from home? No, no, no. So okay. he um, he's usually at the salons and, you know, either cutting hair or managing the business. And okay, okay. He spends a lot of time out of the house. Um, I would, I don't, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, we're, we're, we're all right. Oh, that's I will great. say the kids at home has been a total, that, that was so my, my work life has totally changed. Like, uh-huh. you know, uh, freelance communications person and, yeah. Um, I, you know, that's just not what it was right. <laughs> three weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, I'll, I will leave it there, but, um, I will say like the kids were at daycare and now they're home. And so yeah. what has happened is that I have, the pace of my day is 100%. Like it's at a 180. It's like, I'm working during nap time and late at night. I'm with the kids all day. Right. Uh, all these people who are like, oh, my newfound free time. I'm like, excuse? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the timing of this. What was it? Is it Helen Fielding in Bridget Jones's Diary who called them, uh, oh, singletons? You know, like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like my, my cousin who lives in New York City, and, and I do feel sorry for her in like a 200 square foot studio apartment. You know, I mean, she's definitely she's definitely hurting. I mean, she doesn't know oh. what to do with herself. I know. Oh. So it's, it's really sad, but you know, I've told her, I'm like, you need to, she used to be a classical cellist and a pianist, you know? So I was yeah. like, look, you know, buy a keyboard, do something so that you can, I don't know, come back to something that brought you, I don't know, comfort in the past or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think I've been finding, I've, I've been doing the same thing. Uh, I've, I've kind of used this as an opportunity to, this is so embarrassing, um, to come to grips with my fear of money. So, oh, I know. So I figured this is a good time for me to establish a new budgeting system, which I just learned about recently. It's called the Kakebo um, system. Okay. It's a little Japanese system that actually was made in 1905 by Japan's first ever female journalist. And uh, she made it for Japanese housewives to be able to keep track of the money that was coming in from their husbands and then how they would spend the money and whether or not they had enough money left over. Um, and it's really cool because her, her system is all about like you break down the, the money into buckets, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Did you buy things you needed, things you wanted, uh, things for culture or uh, things that weren't expected? And those four categories are way, working way better for me than something like, oh, utilities and dining out yeah. and you know, clothing or whatever, uh, because they tie emotional aspects to those, to those items. Right. Ooh, so it's like, finally like somebody who's, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. And it's finally somebody who speaks my language, right? Somebody who is not only tying emotions, but it's also establishing 
a full category for um, something that's really important to me, which is culture, right? And which yeah. we have so little of now because our beloved institutions are shuttered, you know? Yeah. And I just, I feel so, I, I'm really worried about those artistic and cultural institutions that, that I love so much and that I belong to, you know, by the handful because yeah. I'm worried they're not going to make it through this, right? So I'm kind of trying to think of ways to help them and make sure that they get through the next couple of months okay, but I don't, I don't quite know how to do that. So a bit of my time is taken up with that, with that kind of thing alongside of balancing my budget, which is very exciting, actually. <laughs> I actually love it. I didn't think I was this kind of person. You know, I'm a creative. Yeah. yeah. Quote, my, my air quotes are happening now. Right. And, uh, and, but I actually love feeling at ease. Yeah. with a balanced budget. I love that feeling of like, okay, we're good. Right. We're, right. we're rolling. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I exactly don't have it. this, I don't have this like ghost of a, of a, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Know. You know, I know that. So it feels, I, I, I'm curious if there's like a resource that you would share, like a link or something where. Yeah. So I wrote about this at, um, at my medium page, which oh, okay. is Good. Um, just medium.com and then forward slash at Yishan writes. Uh, and maybe you can put those in the show notes. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I sent a, I sent over a big article about it and it, it really is about how it works in nuts and bolts. And there's a bunch of links in there that will take you to some different, to some different resources, but perfect. It, you know, get, perfect. the other thing is getting to know this woman who was, you know, Japan's first ever female journalist was, it's just kind of cool to take this time and get to know women who may have been overlooked in yeah. history, you know? So yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I, I have liked the way people have used extra time to do something, to find a meaning, a, something meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend who is thinking about making a podcast about women in history, just like overlooked women in history. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and I, it's just a passion project, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> you've got time. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's great. Um, that's when awesome. she does that, will you let me know? Because I have yeah, my, yeah. my next book that's coming out in September mentions a couple of them, but there's a, um, a, a woman in general who was just extraordinary. She and her best friend got in a car and drove across the Mojave Desert in 1912. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. For fun, for fun, you know. And in like a car her, in, a, wait, what, in 1912? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> And like her big concession was wearing pants. It was, oh my gosh, I'm going to wear pants. <laughs> because, you know, dust and sand and skirts, like, uh -huh. no, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. She wrote this beautiful travelogue about it. So it's, I, oh. I would love to tell your friend about Edna Brush Perkins when, uh, when, when I get a chance to. Okay, I need to read that travelogue. And yes. uh, there, have called... you read uh, West with the Night? No. Uh, so this is, this is Beryl Markham's book. Oh, cool. Um, okay. And she, she's a woman who is living, um, there's the colonial Africa problem of this, uh -huh. of this book, but, uh, she's, uh, a pilot. She does, um, she kind of goes through three phases of life where she's training racehorses for, uh, the first portion of her life. And then she becomes a pilot. She, I think she becomes the first woman to fly from the U S to Europe over the Atlantic. Yes. That's right. Uh -huh. yeah. And, yeah. And her book is beautiful. It's a really beautiful book. It's the only book she ever wrote, but it's really gorgeous. Oh, I love that. I mean, where, you know, we, we need to shine a greater light on these women because we're missing out on massive pieces of literature yeah. if, we, if we're not reading their work, you know. And actually, I don't, oh, yeah, I'll just, I know we're running up on time, but I'll no, we're good. read you this. Um, so this is a review from um, the London, the, oh, the London Spectator. Um, oh, sorry, I guess she, grew, she drove across the Mojave in 1922. So okay. this is the review uh, from the editor of the London Spectator of Edna Brush Perkins' book, The White Harvard and Mojave. Um, 
the result is this attractive, if somewhat thin, book of travel. For no country is more difficult to describe than the desert. Mr. Dowdy, of course, succeeded amazingly, obviously another writer, right? But then his book is altogether exceptional. It is so easy to grow sentimentally eloquent about the elemental nakedness of the desert. And however valiant Miss Perkins was in undertaking such a journey, she has not proved equal to an adequate description of it. Mm. You go, London Spectator editor, who's never been to the desert in his life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's amazing. I mean, you know, it's so it's so easy to overlook women when you think that they're meant to be, I don't know, doing something else with their lives, right? Uh, That's crazy. Society or whatever. But yeah, you know, they were undertaking some awesome things and they weren't they weren't measured by the same yardstick as as men are, which is unfortunate. So And it's yeah. still true. I know. It's still, it's still I know. Crazily true. It still yeah. makes me think like what women are doing now and being overlooked for now. Um and uh, the importance of people who are writing about that right now. Yeah, um, I would I would love for your friend to pick up that podcast. That would be yeah. amazing. I will tell that will that encouragement will mean mean a lot to her. She's actually going to be on this podcast uh, eventually. Oh, good. Um, so she, so that'll be good. Uh, her good. name is Carly. So oh, we'll look okay. out for her episode. Yeah. So I uh, yeah I do kind of uh, need to wrap up here. Um, but I always ask at the end of every one of these, if you, if you have any words of encouragement for people out there who are listening, who might need, uh, hear something nice from someone else. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I have a bunch of, uh, I'm teaching in an MFA program right now. Um, and when this happened, I think I could sense my students kind of worrying if they had undertaken the right burden, you know, in choosing to become master of fine arts students and in choosing, um, a career in what is so widely regarded as a leisure activity, right? The arts are the thing yeah. you do when it's a rainy day and you have, you have nowhere to go, right? Yeah. Um, you go to the museum, right? Um, and what I told them was that I think now more than ever, it's important for us to be in touch with why it is that we're doing what we're doing and, and how it is that we're feeling about what we're doing. Um, because these are the things that will allow us to do better in the future. No. So whatever it is you're doing right now, even if it's not in the creative arts, which is what I was thinking about when I wrote this post, but um, the idea is that whatever it is you're doing right now, it's important to somebody and you should continue on and know that. But also, it's totally okay to want to eat half a bag of potato chips at one sitting, which I may or may not have done 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yes, it is. Just FYI. <laughs> if ever, if ever a time. Oh, listen, I've eaten my bag of Reese's peanut butter cups, so don't worry. I'm not sure of what, how we weigh those on a scale, but I feel like um, I will be, you know, up there with the scarfers of the pandemic. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything. Thanks for doing this with me. My pleasure. In the last part of this episode, we're talking to Beckett. Beckett is the co-founder of Greenbrier Montessori, a new preschool in Minneapolis. He and his spouse Susie are also incredible friends to our family. My kids adore them. And I do too. Beckett has worked at my kids' daycare for a long time before starting his own preschool, which has been scheduled to open soon. I do have to apologize for some bad audio right at the end in the last couple of minutes of this recording. But before Beckett and I even sat down to record it, he'd actually come by my house. We didn't know much about the virus at that point, and he brought over something that we'd left at the daycare, my son's coveralls. It was so strange. 
friend who normally would come inside and end up staying for dinner, suddenly just knocking on the window and then leaving the clothes outside and walking away. Hello, Beckett. Hey, how's it going, Beck? It's, it is going, you know, yeah. it's going. I would say, you know, I today I had a really good day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's weird because it's like a new normal kind of day. It was like I was with the kids all day and we have kind of got a routine now. And that's good. It felt good to do laundry. Yeah. Thanks for sending me those little clips of Phoebe in the laundry. That was really, <laughs> really nice to see. I miss was she singing in the clip that I sent you? I don't think so. She started singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star on her own. Aww. I sent a video to Charlie. Cute. While she was working. Oh. Yeah, she was like working and singing. It was so sweet. Whistle so she can whistle while she works. Yeah, well, well you know, baby <laughs> steps, as it were. <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, how's your life right now? Oh, how is my life? Um, it's interesting because like, I feel like I'm starting this quarantine process a lot later than everybody else is Um, because, you know, last week kind of while everybody else was, was quarantining themselves and and getting used to their new normal, um, Susie and I, my, my spouse, Susie, for those of you listeners, um, we were still working at, at the, at the childcare center. Um, because they're still open, you know, we're trying to serve families who work in the healthcare system. Um, but it was just Susie and I there um, together for those few days. And those were long days. Um, and then, you know, over the weekend, you know, we started developing some mild symptoms. I have a little cough and, you know, you just have to be um, better safe than sorry. Um, yeah. So we, we let them know over the weekend that we would be needing to stay home. So I guess it was just yesterday, yeah. really, that was the start of of our quarantining ourselves. And you had talked to a nurse practitioner who recommended yeah, so isolating just, yourselves. Yeah, just like while we don't know and it's probably just a regular cold, it's like just treat it like it's the thing, you know. Um, yeah. So we we started yesterday with the the staying home bit and and it's weird, like it yeah. from you know eleven hour days to all of a sudden you're at home. Um, it's new for me. Yeah. Well, you're a workaholic, I think. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think both both Susie and I might be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you like to work, and you're so. I mean, you spend so much time serving kids. Yeah. And and now. I mean, not just having those eleven-hour workdays, but you, you know, have spent—I don't know how many years—caring for kids and having little babies and toddlers running around you yeah. all the time, <laughs> and now there are none around you. It's—it's <laughs> it's weird. It's really weird. Um, we're still doing the um, kind of digital circle hour, or not circle hour, but circle time yeah. um, in the morning, and I'm, it's really nice to see you and the kids there yeah all the kids and our daughter who participates and and uh casper who is only nine months so he can barely participate oh he does his best though he's he's he, one of he the positive ones in the bunch I think. he is definitely one of the loudest ones i will say <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see him uh, getting involved i miss him a lot 
it takes uh it takes phoebe about the the full like half hour to finally make a peep yeah <laughs> but then by the end of it you see her getting into it yeah she likes wheels on the bus oh so do i there's so many <laughs> All um so how does it you know kind of as you're processing everything that's going on how are you feeling like how how does it feel to you and um what are you thinking about these days yeah i'm not used to working from home um it's requiring a different level of um determination and and trying to stay on task when there's so many other things around the house that that i look around and i see i could be doing um so um especially with being a little bit sick on top of it i'm trying to keep myself motivated to keep working you know i have my own school that i'm still trying to open up um and and there's work to be done on that level yeah i think just trying to stay stay busy helps me like you said we're we're kind of workaholics and so if i sit for too long or allow myself to just kind of relax too much i i actually start getting a little depressed um so i've been giving myself lots of tasks and and making myself get up at a regular time so that i can keep my schedule and um Oddly enough, I think getting dressed and making sure I don't just sit in my PJs really helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel like I am ready to start my day. So yeah. Nice. Do you uh, are you worried at all about like about how things are going? Um, as far as my health goes, no. Um, uh, I'm I'm doing okay. That you feel good. I feel good. Yeah. Um. You know the little cough that I have. Uh, it's it's being treated. I, I got a prescription for that, and it's it's going away, and it's a lot better than it was um, previously. Good. So that's good. So as far as health goes, I'm not worried. Um, I think I'm a little bit more apprehensive about how long this is going to last. I think it's the unknown. Um, yeah. And especially with starting up a new business. Um, I don't really know what to to say, you know, when we're trying to enroll families for the future, it's like, how do we, what do we tell them? When are we going to be able to to open? And, and for right now we're on schedule and that's good, but you know, anything could change. This thing could extend and, and we don't know. Yeah. It's really, really, I mean, you guys are not your, your frontline kind of care providers. Mm-hmm. you're you're part of the service industry that's hit pretty hard and then you're starting a business yeah uh you're starting a preschool and so you have like this kind of new business mm-hmm. mindset you're kind of taking on this crisis on a bunch of different levels totally yeah um and somehow you seem to be doing okay emotionally i'm like (laughs) so excited for you yeah i mean i've had my my momentary breakdowns i think that was more like last week when i was uh working long long days and and when it was kind of first setting in that was like you know keep my cool for the kids and then get home and kind of like cry for a little bit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I've gotten that portion of it out of the way, I think. And, and now I'm at the fra- phase now where it's mostly just what can I do right now to keep myself going, to keep the business going and problem solving. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm watching a lot of Disney movies, listening to happy songs. That helps. Good. <laughs> so um, you're settling into this new quarantine life. Yeah. Uh, you've got like kind of an uncertain future as like so, so, so many of us have right now. Totally. Um, do you feel like there are things that you've lived through or that you draw strength from mm. that are, have helped you prepare for this time of like ambiguity and, and difficulty? Yeah. Um, I think I've had to take care of myself um, without much support in the past. Um, you know, especially when I moved to Minnesota, um, yeah. California, I, I literally had nothing. Um, mm. I spent the first night in Minnesota in an airport, you know, just sleeping in the airport till I could figure something else out. And it was very much a one day at a time sort of scenario. Um, Wait, and- that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 what? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much we've talked about that process. But how you got here to Minnesota, basically? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I oh pretty God. much had not, not a whole lot going for me in California. Um, I, there was just, I couldn't afford to live there anymore. Um, and I was, you know, struggling with some relationships and I just, I needed a new start. So I sold pretty much everything I had got a duffel bag full of some essentials and bought a one-way ticket and slept in the airport and was like, well, why did you come to Minnesota? <laughs> well, I was um, a fine arts major with a theater minor and a college friend of mine. Um, uh, we both had kind of talked late nights at the bar kind of talks, you know, where you just kind of mm-hmm. make funny little dreams. And we were like, Oh, we need to be like starving artists in Minneapolis. Cause you know, the theater community in Minneapolis is, is booming. It's, it, or was before the pandemic. Um, yeah, there's a lot happening here for theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a great place for theater. And, and that is like one of my first loves was, was theater. And so, I don't know, we just sort of struck out here on our own together and, and he met up with me uh, about a month later. Um, and we both were like, you know, we don't have a whole lot going for us in our hometowns. Let's just drop everything and move out there to be actors. Okay. Can I ask what happened on the second night? You said the first night in an airport, which I'm like, okay, I've, yeah. I've slept uh, in an airport. So I guess I can imagine that. Did, I'm like, I, 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 for some reason, I need to know that like old Beckett was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I figure things out. Um, yes. Second night, I found an ad on Craigslist um, for some students at the U of M that lived in a house in Dinkytown. And they had a room open for a few months to sublet. And I stayed there. That's crazy. Yeah. Not the best decision, but at the same time, even questionable decisions lead you to where you are now. And this is what I've built. I've built a pretty good life for myself here from kind of ground zero. So You're when married, I, you have a house, you have a dog, you have yeah. you have a job and a new business and yeah. Doing right. Yeah. You're doing pretty well. Yeah. I got Except for this craziness that's happening right now to us all. Yeah. So when I think about the struggles that I'm kind of hitting right now as far as the pandemic goes, it is kind of helpful for me to remember like eh, I've started from from the dirt and gone up from there before. Um, so I think I got this. I think we got this. 
Yeah. Maybe that's where this uh, chill demeanor I keep seeing is coming <laughs> from. I do not feel chill often. And then I look over at you and I'm like, you're doing pretty well. You're doing like, you're keeping it chill. I try. I'm also an actor. You have to keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> the secrets. <laughs> well, no, I know. I mean, like you're, you're, you're also extroverted as I am. And, uh, and your relationships mean a lot to you. And, and I can see that. I mean, you know, we're close and, yeah. And we've talked about how what a huge colossal bummer it is that we went from seeing each other all the time to mm. never seeing each other in the last couple of weeks. I think and that's the biggest adjustment right there is like not seeing you guys. You're like you're our family. Yeah, it's crazy to us. It's super crazy to us. Yeah. And uh, you know when you came over and brought uh, Casper's coverall. Um, <laughs> coat yeah. thing and i was like you're just right there outside the door but i feel like i can't yeah like, touch you at all yeah, <laughs> no handshake no hug no nothing especially because like, you had just come from school and i was like you know you're working with healthcare worker kids and i and i know that sounds terrible to say but i got so nervous about yeah. you coming over because who knows I don't, you just, we don't know much now. And anyway, it was crazy to see you outside the door. Yeah. And usually like, I don't, I don't feel as worried about this kind of stuff, but then when like the thought of going over to your house, whether where your kids were, I was just like, Oh my God, I, I do not want to give them anything. And so like literally wrapping everything up in plastic and wearing these plastic gloves, just because I was like so nervous about like touching anything. Mm on your property. Even. I just got chills. Even though like it all went fine and we're fine and the garment was washed, it was all good. Good. But yeah, that, was, it, that was a crazy experience. With Charlie at the at the window, like we just put our hands on on the window on our respective sides of the window and yeah. I think that was like the first time I started actually choking up over over what's going on. I Yeah just this this moment where i was like this is just not enough like the glass between us i it hurt i yeah. really really just wanted to hug you guys yeah, yeah. i'm tearing up now yeah. i feel really sad about it we'll get there we will see each other soon yeah um yeah but yeah there's a lot of uncertainty but i i even just hearing your story of you know, coming to Minneapolis and kind of leaving a life that wasn't working. And now you've got, you've built so much and I'm like, okay, we're going to be okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You can start with nothing and build up from there. Yeah. So, um, is there any words of encouragement that you would give to people listening Mm. right now? I think, um, was it the Mr. Rogers quote, look for the helpers? I think it's mm. Mr. Rogers that um, there's a quote from him and I can't recall all of it, but, but basically the, the gist of it was, um, you know, in times of trouble, look around for the helpers. Um, and that's kind of something that I just keep thinking about anytime I start feeling down or pessimistic um, or just, just heavy with, with all the stuff that there is to, 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 to take on. Um, if you look for the helpers, 
you'll always you'll always find them in these kind of times. Um, and if you focus on that, um, it just it really lifts your spirits a lot. And and the amount of help and support that I've seen from perfect strangers. Um, I think focusing on that has been so good for my mental and emotional health. Um, and they're really not hard to find in times like this. Um, you know, just today, actually, we had some some friends come in and deliver some some groceries to us because they heard that we were quarantining. And even in, in California, my parents uh, had a neighbor that they hardly ever interact with. He just came over and, and brought them a, a homemade loaf of bread just because he felt like doing that for all of his neighbors. Wow, that's nice. Um, so yeah, look for the helpers. I love that. That's that's awesome. Well, thanks very much, and uh, thanks for doing this, and thanks for encouraging me. And mm-hmm. um, I hope to see you really soon. Definitely, I have a word of advice for for you particularly, Brent. Oh. Um, actually, it's not advice so much as. Uh, go start your your day with a happy song if you can start your morning with a happy song mine is um lovely day by uh is it, is it martin gay i don't know but i know the song i put that happening in my head i can hear it in my head right now yeah awesome i will do that tomorrow and in your honor thank you all right good talking to you miss you miss you too hug thank Susie you. for me i will definitely All right, see you on Marco Polo. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. And thank you to Lisa, Yishan, and Beckett for coming on the podcast and for connecting with all of us. If you'd like to help the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or Stitcher and rate and review this podcast. It totally helps. You can follow Yishan's work, which I promise brings a lot of joy during these crazy days, on Medium at Yishun Writes, Y-I-S-H-U-N-W-R-I-T-E-S. You can follow an incredible amount of happiness and love on Lisa's Instagram at Your Hippie Sister, Y-O-U-R-H-I-P-P-I-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. And you can find out more information about Beckett's new preschool, Greenbrier Montessori, at wildflowerschools.org slash mn slash greenbriar. Also a final note, when I was talking to Yishan about a poet who wrote about their yard, I was remembering something I'd heard once in a writing class that inspired me. Please, smart people of the world, correct me if I'm wrong and add whatever you know about this, but I think I'm talking about Stanley Kunitz, who won a Pulitzer Prize for Poetry in 1959 and became Poet Laureate for the United States twice. After some Googling, I don't think he wrote an entire book about his yard. But that would be cool, right? Anyway, I linked to an article about him in the show notes because I think the idea of writing a book of poetry about what's in front of you right now is super inspiring. So um, check out that article, and maybe you can write an entire collection of poems about your apartment. Go for it! Finally, if you feel like someone you know might feel comforted by hearing the voices of everyday people as they share how they're getting through these tough days, please share this podcast with them on Facebook or Instagram. Here's a bunch of love to everyone out there. We'll get through this together.